And so that easy plus one more thing method, it it creates this this fluency, this ease of use, this confidence. It's so exciting to see how that happens. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudwa, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Andrew, don't you look all stylish today in one of my favorite shirts that you're wearing? Well, I guess style is a matter of opinion. (laughs) Well, is it? Well, one could call me dressed up. The other could call me dressed down. True. Because you are not wearing a coat and tie. could call me plain. Yeah. I've had kids call me handsome, and that's just not (laughs) a common occurrence that often anymore. Right. And, of course, today we are talking about style. Yes. As in structure and style. Mm Mm-hmm. We spend some time every month talking about various structural models. And because this is the month of January and Unit 5 kind of bleeds over into January, starts in December, bleeds over into January. Mm -hmm. And bleeding it does. (laughs) Because of the holidays and whatnot. Just take a couple With all that blood, we need to improve our style to cover it up. (laughs) (laughs) This is now the boys' episode. With all we the can blood. start over if you want. <laughs> so let's talk about Unit Five bleeding over into January, shall we? <laughs> so we talked about Unit Five for our December podcast, and of course, this is January. But we're not starting a new unit this month, so I thought it would be a great opportunity to discuss our stylistic techniques. Sure, and you know Webster's original idea was blended structure and style mm-hmm. and composition. That was the the first label that he gave the thing. Mm-hmm. And of course, if we look at the five canons of rhetoric, we have invention, what to write, arrangement, how to order those ideas, and then elocution, how to say those ideas. So really, we we are working in that area of structure, style, uh, invention, we take a slightly different approach, mm-hmm. but of course with Unit 5 and then very soon in Unit 7, we'll be talking about invention and inventive writing. Right. But at the moment, elocution, which is from the Latin verb loquor, meaning to speak. I see. So how do you say what you want to say? Stylishly. Well, it's all about audience, isn't it? True. I always tease the kids. You know, when I teach a, a student class, I say... You know, you you can dress any way you want. You can dress with purple and pink polka-dotted swim trunks and orange and yellow striped tights and a tie-dye T-shirt and a leather vest with long fringe hanging down and a (laughs) tricorn hat with peacock feathers coming out each side and hiking boots with no socks, you know. And then how would you describe that style? And, of course, they say things like crazy, wild, clownish, ridiculous. It's what I wore today. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or if you're at home, you can wear play clothes, you know, mm-hmm. jeans, T-shirt, tennis shoes, 
pajamas. Unless it's January in a cold place, in which case it's sweatshirt. Some kids go to schools which require uniforms. So the style is dictated by the uniform style. And then, of course, if you're going to meet the governor or a wedding or Easter or whenever you want to dress your best, you dress Mm -hmm. up. So that's where we get the origin of that term, dress ups. Mm -hmm. And it's an easy transfer between clothing and writing Mm -hmm. because you can write weird, wild, crazy, you know, notes for a friend, code, invisible ink, use a different color felt marker, pig Latin, right? (laughs) You can do all sorts of things. And especially if it's for a friend, the weirder, the better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can also do jeans and t-shirt style, right? You want to write a note to your mom. You kind of don't worry too much about your word choice and sentence structure and devices. Though we do get notes from moms or teachers that the students have written to them that have included the IEW dress-ups, which is always very entertaining. Well, they're trying to impress. Yes, it's true. (laughs) It was funny. I pulled out a book that I hadn't seen for a long, long time, possibly Mm -hmm. as long as two decades. And out of it fell a piece of paper that was written a note to my wife from one of my children. Mm. And it said, I really, 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 really don't want to want to go to the beach. (laughs) I really, 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 really do want to go to the pool. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, well, okay, that's pretty jeans and t-shirt right there. (laughs) Yes, very. But then, you know, how, how do you dress up your writing if you want to sound more professional, a little more sophisticated, more mm-hmm. polished. Yes. And that's where our techniques all come in. Yes, and I just want to refer our listeners who may not have ever been acquainted with our stylistic techniques, our basic teaching, writing, structure, and style. One of the talks that you can listen to is Andrew's talk, Reaching the Reluctant Writer, where he talks about the basic unit one and two model, but then he shows how to dress up the writing and making it more stylish, right right in that one talk. Yeah, a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't want to lay too many things on people all at once. Uh, So our philosophy of style is really start gradual Mm -hmm. and and increase as things become easy. Right. And then pretty soon, over weeks, months, years, depending on age and aptitude, frequency of practice – then you can get a, a checklist with you know a dozen or more things to do in every paragraph. Right. One way also uh, to think about elocution from the you know rhetoric standpoint is what can you control about the way you use language? Well, number one, there's the words you use, mm-hmm. vocabulary. vocabulary. Mm-hmm. I uh, when I'm teaching the high school essay intensive, I'll often point out to high school students that. In my world, I am occasionally forced to write things. (laughs) Yes, you are. I'm not always thrilled about the task. I don't really like doing it all that much, but I do like finishing. (laughs) To our listeners, see Andrew's latest contribution in our new Magalog. Yes, which was written under duress. (laughs) But it turned out to be great. I don't necessarily like writing as I'm doing it, but Mm -hmm. I do like having written something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But anyway, as I'm talking to the high school essay intensive classes that I teach, Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, I have two audiences. 
I don't really write for myself. I don't really write for anyone else. But I do write for homeschool moms and I write for teachers who mm -hmm. work in schools. Mm -hmm. And I might use different terminology. I might use different words. I would probably use different examples. You know, on one case, I might talk about my kids and experience with them. On the other hand, I might talk about my experience teaching other people's children. Right. So audience is really one of the fundamental principles of effective communication. Mm -hmm. Kids, for the most part, they have one audience. It's mom or their teacher. But, you know, as you grow up and get out of childhood and start into the real world, I don't know if <laughs> college or university could be considered the real world, but you do have a wider range of people you're writing for, different instructors, and then mm -hmm. you get a job and you have different demands for writing there. So what are the three things you can control? The words you use, the sentence patterns okay. that you put those words into, mm -hmm. and then the devices or techniques or what might be called the figures of speech mm -hmm. that can make the writing more effective or enjoyable for the reader. Mm -hmm. and, and we have stylistic techniques that correspond with those. Absolutely. So in our dress-ups mm -hmm. section, we introduce LY adverb, strong verb, quality, adjective. Great vocabulary. We have the band words list. And mm -hmm. how many times have we had parents just gushing about <laughs> how happy they are that their child is all excited? Happy, delighted, uh, Thrilled, giddy. ecstatic, uh <laughs> yes, about discovering the world of words yes, and equipping them then with a thesaurus or uh, one of our products, mm -hmm. a word right now that mm -hmm. is, is a super, super student-friendly, writer-friendly kind of thesaurus or our, our app, IEW Writing Tools. And when you have those word lists, it just expands the possibilities. Exactly. Parents and teachers just love that. Mm -hmm. And in part, you know, if we stopped there and just said, that's what we do, that in itself would be huge. Mm -hmm. But we don't. No. We move on and we look at various grammatical constructions. Mm -hmm. So one of the pieces of advice you will always get if you read a book or an article or go to a talk on how to write well mm -hmm. is, you get this, vary your sentence pattern. So kids are like, okay, how? Right. Like what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. So how do we build up a repertoire of varied sentence patterns? Well, we do it through modeling and practice. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the other dress-ups, the who, which, or adjective clause, the because, or the when, while, where, as, since, if, although clause often creates a dependent adverb clause. Mm -hmm. that, those are different ways to combine ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of kids will kind of write the way they think. And if they write the way they think, their story will be like blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and then blah, 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 and so, blah, 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 and then, and then, and so, and so, and, and, and. And, of course, the, you know, the mom or the teacher is saying, don't do that. <laughs> and the poor kid's thinking, how can I not do this? Mm -hmm. This is the way it is coming out of my brain. Mm -hmm. So with our stylistic techniques, it's perfect because rather than saying, don't do that, we say, do this and do this and do this and gradually build up a list of things to do. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you don't have the time or space to overuse the 
and or write like you talk. Right. So, I can't help but think, even as you're saying this right now, I think of all the families that their younger students or maybe even their older students have used our linguistic development through poetry memorization. Mm, yeah. And it builds that marble that you talk about so that there's more to carve out and create these beautiful works. I think that those students would be less inclined to write the way they speak because they're hearing different ways to speak, different ways to write, sure. and then it transfers into and, your writing. And when you are teaching the stylistic techniques, you do some previews. Mm -hmm. And so you'd say, okay, let's learn this when, while, where, as, since, if, although, right? The, the last of the six dress-ups. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you memorize the list of words, so they're on the tip of your tongue, tip of your brain, and then look at some sample sentences. And it's always the kids who have been read to mm -hmm. or who read a lot on their own and who have memorized a lot that are most easily, most facile at coming up with examples of how that clause could be used in this sentence or that sentence. Right. So, yeah, it's it's all uh, intertwined, the, mm -hmm. the database of, of vocabulary and syntax and what I call in the grammar topic inherent mm -hmm. or inherited grammar, and then the intentional use of those things mm -hmm. and the practice of those things. Yes, and that's what our way of introducing style, why it works so well, because they're required to use the style that they've been taught in every paragraph, with certain, obviously, exceptions and decorations, as long as they're doing IEW. Yes. Well, I always, you know, I say in the TWSS seminar, mm -hmm. the goal of the stylistic techniques is to graduate from the checklist mm -hmm. so that you can do everything on that checklist mm -hmm. in every paragraph mm -hmm. of, I don't know, what should we say? A 12 to 17 paragraph super essay? Yes. Or whatever, you know. But you can do it. Mm -hmm. You can do it on demand. And it doesn't sound goofy. And you can manipulate the sentences and words to accomplish that. And when you've done that, that's kind of like, okay, you've, you've finished the objective of the program. Now graduate from the checklist and use or don't use those techniques. Or play with them, experiment mm -hmm. with them, mm -hmm. combine them in different ways. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of an endless possibility of mm -hmm. combining. And we keep, I mean, how long have we been at this? 20-some years. We keep discovering mm -hmm. new ways to combine stuff, which we then call advanced dress-up techniques. Right. And we have our basic list in the seminar workbook that includes, let me see if I can say them all and how quickly I can say them all, L-Y adverb, who, which clause, strong verb, because clause, quality adjectives, when, well, where, essence of although, sentence openers. I have to say I'm disappointing that you're not doing this from memory. I know. I'm sorry, Andrew. I can't quite do them all. I, number four, I-N-G opener, the clause opener, the V-S-S, <laughs> decorations, alliteration, question, conversation, quotation, three S-S-S, simile, metaphor, dramatic, open, close. Then we have the triples. Yeah, you don't have to enumerate those. Then we have the advanced dress-ups. And then if you're really brave or really smart, you can watch the high school essay intensive where you add even more to our style chart. Yeah. My goodness. A few of those uh, figures of speech, mm -hmm. yeah. schemes and tropes. Yes. Do you know the difference? Yes. Let me see if I can say this right. See if I get them mixed up. Schemes are the poetic ones. Those things which appeal to the senses. Right. They okay. sound nice. 
and tropes are those things which appeal to the imagination. Ah, okay. So, uh, the mother of all tropes, metaphor, and her sister simile. Simile, yes. Um, and then things like personification and alliteration. What's great, well, is alliteration a tr- is a scheme, scheme right? Yeah. yeah. The thing that's so exciting about teaching these. Uh, stylistic techniques, and, and in particular, when you get into the decorations and things, mm-hmm. kids will start to see those mm-hmm. when they're reading. Yes. In fact, you know, I've heard many stories of, you know, third grade teacher showing her children how to add an ly adverb into a fable, right? right. And then the next day, they come over, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, there's ly adverb in my story that I'm reading. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, right here in this book. They yes. must have learned how to write from Andrew Pudwa. <laughs> there have always been ly adverbs in <laughs> right. the stories you're reading. But the thing is, what's what changes is the child gets ownership. Right. Be, by doing it, you take it into yourself in a way that you can't just by reading or hearing it. Mm-hmm. And then when you do it, you say, ah, this is... This is something I own, mm-hmm. and then you recognize it mm-hmm. uh, so much more easily, mm-hmm. and that happens all the way up. With I remember one of my daughters was reading um, Redwall, and if not a lot of people read Redwall anymore, it's kind of lost its popularity. But for a while there, about fifteen years ago, it was the series that mm-hmm. everyone was reading, and I never really got into it. You know, talking rodents and Kind of like Wind in the Willows meets Lord of the Rings. I just couldn't really get into it. But she was. Mm -hmm. And she's reading book after book after book. We're sitting in the car driving. She's reading because she's a super reader. And finally she goes, Dad, did did Brian Jacques take your writing course? (laughs) And I said, I doubt it. But why do you ask? She goes, well, listen to this. And she reads me this sentence. And then she says something like, do you hear that? That's a strong verb. And a triple, you know, adjective, and a who, which, and a and a simile, all in one sentence. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember exactly what it was, but sure. she was very thrilled because mm-hmm. she could identify those things which made his writing so engaging to his readers. Right, right. I think it's important to note right now. I just want to insert this, and then I want to ask you a question about what I'm about to say. Is when we teach these to students, as you've already mentioned, we add them gradually so that as they're working through the year, they might have, if you're a nine-year-old, you might have five or six dress-ups. If you're 11, you might have those six dress-ups, and now you've added in a couple sentence openers, and on and on. We just gradually build this. So the question is, how do the students keep track of what they're supposed to do in their writing. Well, that's uh, where our checklists are so mm-hmm. useful. And, you know, when I first saw Webster's system yes. of teaching this, I had a lot of uh, kind of flashes of insight. Uh, one is I thought this is kind of like a Suzuki method mm. for teaching English composition because you just keep doing what you've learned mm-hmm. and it gets easier and easier and better and better and smoother and smoother. You don't stop playing, you know, book one pieces because you graduated book one and your book two. So, mm-hmm. you know, that layering effect, that cumulative effect, it's just so powerful because we see that in music. The kids basically play, you know, every piece they've learned often enough so that they don't forget it and continues to get easier. Well, that happens with 
the stylistic techniques where you're doing everything you've learned so far in every paragraph, and it just gets better and easier and better and easier. And when it's easy, you add in the next thing, and you keep doing all that, and then you add in the next thing when it's easy. And so that easy plus one more thing method, it it creates this this fluency, this ease of use, this confidence. It's so exciting to see how that happens. And it's so exciting to see students who come in a second or third year and kind of start back at the beginning. And now everything just is less awkward. It sounds better. The, the vocabulary is improved. They know it. Mm-hmm. They know it. And repeating that, you know, three, four, five, six years, it's just, it's mastery. Right. And then the other thing, you know, as a music teacher, if you want to be organized and keep kids accountable to accomplish the practice goals you set, you need checklists. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I always would create, I would hand write a checklist for my violin students. The world of writing teachers, most people do talk about rubrics. Right. Right. Which is, I think, a close synonym for checklist. Mm -hmm. But very often the rubrics are designed off the assessment standard that is somewhat vague. And it's up to the teacher to decide whether or not they did it right or not. Right, yeah. Or, or you know, there's a scale here. Mm-hmm. And so how did you – How did you? well, the old uh, six traits writing assessment model right. became a teaching method. Mm-hmm. And then they would grade a student, you know, from one to six or whatever right. on how they had word choice mm-hmm. and how was their sentence fluency and how mm-hmm. was their ideas and content, how was the organization. And that just – it's – it's fuzzy. It's it's not concrete to kids. It's arbitrary or, or subjective in many ways. Right. I remember years ago you wrote an article on how IEW essentially can't mm-hmm. teach the six traits, and we can link to that article. Yeah, yeah. It's probably – I mean six traits doesn't have quite the traction it mm-hmm. used to have, but some of the newer models of assessment and rubric are extended from that. But sure. But this was so concrete. I thought, wow. You can actually know if you put in an L-Y word, an L-Y adverb into your paragraph. Right. If you did, you can check it off. <laughs> you can actually know if you have a who, which. Mm-hmm. You can check it off. You can actually know if you did what you were asked to do. Right. Whereas, you know, some of the rubrics, things like good flow of ideas from one to another. Well, how would you even know? Especially if you were 10 or 11. Right, mm-hmm. right. So anyway, I, I looked at that and I thought, I can work with this. Mm-hmm. This is Suzuki method. This is organized. This is concrete. This is this was created by someone who knows children, mm-hmm. who has been nose to nose with children for years. And of course, Dr. Webster taught everything from the one-room schoolhouse, right. you know, with 40-some kids ages 6 to 16. Right to, you know, fifth grade specifically in middle school, high school, of course, the university. And then he got involved with Mrs. Ingham doing teacher training. So the thing I think a lot of teachers find and and a lot of parents who haven't found it yet, what they find when they get our program is this is designed for children. Yes. This is this is engineered to help them learn and be successful. And of course, you know, proof's in the pudding. Yep. We we could do a podcast of testimonials, only 
we couldn't do it in 20 minutes because there's, you know, <laughs> 20 hours probably. Or even 30 minutes, which technically that's how long our podcasts oh, are, okay. about 30 minutes. Yeah, Because <laughs> that's how long my walk is in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, is that just, how that got It's decided. all about me. <laughs> so let me ask you a question related to the LY, who, which, some of these dress-ups that younger students or even older students, when they first get started, mm -hmm. they're just adding in these stylistic techniques. Is their writing... <laughs> awkward and does IEWs do we sometimes get criticism for that sure well it can be mm -hmm. it can be anything that you're not used to doing mm -hmm. right can be awkward mm -hmm. I mean if you go ice skating for the first time <laughs> you look awkward now you grew up ice skating I so did. I'm sure you yes you look very effortlessly graceful on the ice. Well, I wasn't a figure skater. I was a speed skater. Oh. So that's a little different. So effortlessly but, fast. Effortlessly fast. <laughs> um, but, you know, for a person who's never done that, mm -hmm. well, good heavens, you know, what would that take? You wouldn't expect right. that. I felt lots of times. You know, those um, long blades, yes. <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of times the stylistic techniques are different than what kids are used to yes. in their daily conversation. Right. And so, yes, it can be awkward. And you say you must put in this technique. Okay, well, here's some examples. There's a list of words. Well, it's tempting to just grab one of those things and throw it in mm -hmm. and maybe not even have the experience that allows for a discernment. Mm -hmm. Does that sound natural? Does that sound right? Does that sound good? Especially if perhaps they're English language learners. Sure. Oh, English language learners, definitely. And, you know, if they haven't been read to or read mm -hmm. a lot, they may lack kind of the literary foundation mm -hmm. that makes the better, smoother use. But that doesn't mean they can't acquire that. Also, you know, you think about music. I always go back to music because you can take a student and they pick up a violin and it's very awkward and then after a while it's not so awkward and then pretty soon it looks fairly natural and at first it sounds not so good but then gradually it sounds better and then and then you have to introduce a new technique mm -hmm. right so okay now we have a you know a different type of bowing or we have to play in third position well now what well, the student that sounded and looked <laughs> pretty good, has this new challenge to overcome. And so there's another period of awkwardness. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. Yes. The, the other criticism that we've had is, you know, somebody, and this happened to me just a few weeks ago. I was mm -hmm. working for a school district up in Alaska and one of the participants, I think very well meaning, he interrupted me right at the beginning of this dress up section. And he said, well, you know, I took a course on how to write well, and they said, you know, minimize your adverbs. Try to avoid using adverbs. Sure. And, okay, well, there's a school of thought that says, yes, minimize adverbs, minimize adjectives. You know, there's all sorts of people have ideas about what makes writing good. Lord of the Rings would probably be a 30-page pamphlet if Tolkien had minimized his adjectives and adverbs. Well, yes, and probably A Tale of Two Cities could not get published today if it weren't by an already famous author. True. But what I what I explained to him, and he was very gracious and, and said, okay, I, I get it, I get it, mm -hmm. is our job is not to create 
or I, I guess a better word would be carve, mm-hmm. right? Professional writers or journalists or technical writers out of children. Mm-hmm. Our job is, number one, I would say, to build the linguistic marble, give them a chance to play and work with and use and internalize and experiment with and, yeah, maybe be awkward with the widest range of of vocabulary and grammar options that you can come up with. Build the linguistic marble. And then number two, you know, our my goal is to get kids who say, I like writing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is yes. fun. Well, what yes. do kids like? Marie Montessori said the work of a child is to play. Mm-hmm. They want to play with it, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, you and I have seen in classes we've observed and taught that you know, when kids can feel like they can play with the language, they're free. They don't feel this pressure. Oh, I have to be good or smart or I have to figure out what, you know, he wants. As long as I do the things on that checklist, I can have fun with this thing. Yes. And so if they leave my influence with more linguistic marble than they started with mm-hmm. and they, they love to play – with words, then I would say mission accomplished. Yes. And then go off and they can take journalism. They can take technical writing. They can take creative writing. They can go get an MFA in fine arts. They can go do marketing. You know, Mm -hmm. they can go into anything. Right. And someone else can carve them into what they want to be carved into. Yes. But if they come to it with more, it's easier to carve away. Exactly. It's the size of the block of marble. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure we are coming to the end of our time. So I just did want to mention just a couple of resources to our listeners. We are doing this podcast in lieu of a webinar that Andrew and I did last year called Sailing Through Style. So if you'd like to see a recording of that webinar, which is about an hour long, you'll see more of these stylistic techniques and more tips and tricks to implement them into your writing or into your students' writing. And then, as Andrew mentioned, we have the IEW Writing Tools app. This is an app for your phone or uh, a tablet uh, on many platforms, Android, iOS platforms, as well as a couple others. And you can find that at IEW.com slash mobile hyphen app. We'll put a link in our show notes to that one. We have two versions of that. One is absolutely free. So there's no excuse. Everybody go and download that free app. Or you can have a paid version of it. And that's the Word Right Now resource, this tremendous resource that is filled with stylistic techniques that will give your students a wealth of words to choose from that will dress up, that will stylize their their writing. And that app is just, you know, a few dollars. So that may be super helpful for you. So that's it for our style podcast. Thank you. Well, it's always fun. And of course, uh, I always like to remind people we got the portable walls. Yes, that's true. That is a very handy tool to get all the style techniques Mm -hmm. and a lot of resources right there in front of the student. So if you didn't get everything you wanted for Christmas this year, (laughs) what you probably wanted was some portable walls for your family or classroom. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Andrew. (laughs) Thank you, Julie.
Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudoua and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.